today on CityCast Denver. Colorado has always had a complicated relationship with the Libertarian Party. On one hand, the party was founded here 51 years ago this month. On the other, we never elect them to higher office, unless you count Governor Jared Polis, who's technically a Democrat. Former Libertarian leader Ari Armstrong has his own complicated relationship with the party, and he's on today to explain it all. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Ari Armstrong, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. Okay, so I'm just going to just put it out there. I have to say that I've heard from folks that libertarians can kind of come off as cruel or indifferent to human issues. And I wonder what you say to people who think that libertarians are like mean jerks. That's supposed to be the last question, not the first question. <laughs> but We like to start it spicy, Ari. But where that's coming from, well, let me let me back up and just try to pitch you on a positive vision of libertarianism. Do it. So you can see where those criticisms are coming from. Okay. So a simple way to describe libertarianism is it's fiscally conservative, socially liberal. So that's the kind of the classic line. So libertarians tend to align with Republicans on issues of low taxes, less regulation, and with Democrats on issues like legal abortion, end the drug war, more immigration. Okay, so that's they're kind of splitting the lines in that sense. Another part of libertarianism is there's just a profound skepticism and nervousness about the use of state power. So libertarianism is a type of liberalism broadly understood, but with an with a, like a heightened sensitivity to the potential abuses of the state, the government. So if you look at it that way, I think that some of these, then you can see where some of these criticisms are coming from because many libertarians say, we should not have government running a welfare system, right? So, the, But what mm. people hear is, oh, you don't want poor people to be taken care of and so on. What libertarians actually mean is they think that there can be a private system of social safety net to replace the government system. I think that's where the criticisms are coming from, but hopefully it gives you some idea of why libertarians think some of the things that they do. I mean, some libertarians think very seriously that taxation is theft. So, <laughs> you know. I mean, I guess, but like, I like roads to be funded so I can drive on them is like, where do libertarians stand on that? Well, let me back up again, right? Because so part of the issue is when you say libertarians, what do you mean by that? So there's the joke applied to other groups too. But, you know, if you get 10 libertarians in the room, you come up with 20 opinions. And that's even <laughs> true of what does libertarianism mean? And so you're going to have a wide variety of opinions on this. So there's a book sitting on my shelf about why roads should be privatized. So some libertarians do take that line. There should not be government-funded roads. They should all be private. Now, there's many, most people involved in, say, the Libertarian Party are not, they're, they're basically sort of like pragmatic Republicans on fiscal issues, pragmatic Democrats on social issues, right? So they're not even thinking about those kinds of deeper questions, right? They're looking at marginal reforms. Um, so many libertarians say, well, look, government audit fund the necessary functions of government, police, military, courts. Some libertarians will say, well, certain basic functions like roads, firehouses, um, these kinds of things should also be included in government. And then some libertarians 
will even say we ought to have government-run welfare state. And so I want to give the idea that there's a wide range of what libertarians are going to tell you. That's No, that's fair. That's fair. I just was trying to think of a tangible example for folks who are trying to think about how a libertarian would apply their, well, you know. How about this is more tangible, okay? By way of background, I am not in the Libertarian Party now. I was very active in the Libertarian Party in the early 2000s. And that was a pretty exciting time to be in the Libertarian movement. There was a very vibrant state party. And I was on the board and I also ran the newsletter for a period in that time. There was a very vibrant campus Libertarian group up at CU Boulder. And so it was kind of the heyday, in my mind, of the Libertarian Party in Colorado. But one of the things that happened back then that I was involved in There's a sheriff, still a sheriff in San Miguel County named Bill Masters. And at the time, he was the highest ranking libertarian in the state. I worked with him and some other people on a book called Drug War Addiction. So we were very early players and libertarians have been advocating this for decades, an end to the drug war. The drug war is terrible. You're locking people in cages for no good reason. You're creating extreme amounts of violence with prohibition, especially if you look south of the border, you're funding, massively funding drug cartels, right? So the drug war is extremely harmful. And it's just also extremely unjust to lock people in prison for things like possessing an herb. Think about that. We're going to lock you in a cage because you possess the wrong herb. That's crazy. I mean, I, and I, and I still believe I'm still libertarian in that sense. So we were in the libertarian party and Bill Masters were very active in pushing for ramping down the drug war and specifically legalizing marijuana. I'm not saying libertarians are alone responsible for that, but we certainly played a a role in the legalization of marijuana in this state. And so that's one of the important victories, I would say, that's associated partly with the libertarian movement. That's like the part. This is like perfect, actually, because this is going into my next question, which is like a centered on Colorado. And you just brought up a great issue that Colorado has been very forward thinking on. And, and I see what you're saying, like the Libertarian Party helped to push that forward and make it more of a realistic situation where now we're here sitting on 10 years of legal cannabis. We're looking at decriminalization of, of mushrooms and other psychedelics. And it, it has me thinking about I see this like inextricable link to libertarianism and Colorado and this idea of the West. And I recently learned that the Libertarian Party was actually founded here in Colorado. Could you talk about that? Like, why is Colorado such sort of a fertile ground for this this type of political thought? Well, I think your expression, the liberty of the West, captures some of it. There's sort of the cowboy mystique. You'll notice that Colorado politicians will still attend political events in cowboy hats. Oh, yes. There's this idea of the rugged mountains, rugged individualism. There's still this sort of cultural his- memory of frontier living, something like that. And I think some of that has something to do with it. Now, some of that is mythology, right? Because there are many right. aspects to our state history which are very anti-libertarian. So, for example, we have things like the Sand Creek Massacre. We have things like right. the Chinatown riot in Denver. We have right. the rise of the KKK in Colorado politics in the 1920s. So I don't want to over push the idea that Colorado was some kind of libertarian haven, but like every place, you know, there's mixed history. And more recently we have, in addition to legal marijuana, we were an early adopter of women's suffrage. Colorado was an early adopter of re-legalized abortion. Um, We also have the taxpayer's bill of rights, which people on the left hate and libertarians tend to like. Um, But I think that that blend, right? Just look, we have legal marijuana and the taxpayer's bill of rights. Okay. That is like 
yay libertarianism. If you think in those lines, right? That's a great combination to have as a state. And so just demographically, I think that we still tend to, that we're still drawing people in who are looking to that combination of fiscal responsibility, say, and, but with a more liberal social outlook. So I do think that there is something important to the idea that Colorado has a libertarian heritage. So Ari, I'm thinking about our last election and on the ballot, there were libertarian candidates for governor, for secretary of state and for other offices. But like when we look at the returns, the libertarian candidate for governor got like 1.2% of the vote. Why is that? Like, I'd love to just talk more broadly about why libertarian policies and ideas can be pretty popular here, but candidates can't seem to win. Well, minor parties don't succeed in general, regardless of party, right? We also have the Green Good Party. Point. We also have the American Constitution Party. And the, re- the main reason that minor parties don't succeed is because of the voting rules, right? When you have a winner-take-all system, where if you have if you have five candidates and everybody gets 20%, but one person gets one extra vote, you win that race with 20 plus percent of the vote. That to me is a very bad system. So I think that there are real problems with the way that we set up our our electoral system, but you have had some successes. Like I said, Bill Masters was a libertarian sheriff. At one point, the city council in Leadville was majority libertarian. Not that those are supposed to be partisan races, but we made hay of it in the day, right? So they've had some successes. There's never been a state legislator in Colorado who's libertarian. There have been that equivalent in some other states at like the legislative level. Uh, there's never been a governor who's libertarian. So they haven't, in, in general, in the, across the United States, minor parties have not had much influence. Well, okay, so this is actually perfect because I'm thinking about Governor Jared Polis, right? He is a Democrat. He ran as a Democrat. He was elected as a Democrat. But I hear all the time, and I feel like he's even claimed himself that he's a libertarian. So is this like, do you think if he could run as a libertarian and actually have a a chance, like you're saying, that the two-party system has really made it almost impossible? Do you think he would? Do you think he is a libertarian? What do you you think about that claim for our current governor? Well, he would never run under the Libertarian Party banner. Is he a libertarian? Well, Reason Magazine says he's the most libertarian governor in America. <laughs> and he does have some libertarian leanings. In Congress, he was friends with Justin Amash, who was self-proclaimed libertarian. And on many issues, he is a libertarian, or at least he aligns with libertarian ideas. Legal marijuana. He endorses charter schools, has even started a couple of charter schools himself. Uh, he endorsed reduction of the rate of the state income tax. He's even said he would be okay with bringing the state income tax to zero, eliminating it. Um, but he has some ideas of how to replace that with other taxes, right? His plan okay. for doing he doesn't have a he doesn't have a well worked out plan for doing that. But he said publicly he would favor eliminating the state income tax and replacing it with other taxes. You know, he's said he's in favor of gun rights. Now he's also signed some restrictions on gun ownership and such, some of which I I favor. Like the red, li- red flag law, I think it's a good idea to have a red flag law. Would I tweak the existing law if I could? Yes. Yeah. More in process with, well, you're thinking make it more severe. I'm thinking more, oh. I'm thinking add more due process rights, but you can do both, right? You could add more due process rights and still make it easier to pull the red flag trigger to take guns away from people who have made threats or made threatening actions. Now, just to return briefly to Polis, right? On some issues, he's clearly libertarian leaning, but 
he always makes himself out to be a pragmatist. He's trying to draw ideas from wherever they come from to, to implement practical solutions to Colorado problems. Sometimes he sounds like a progressive. Sometimes he sounds like a libertarian. Sometimes he just sounds like sort of a middle of the road Democrat, whatever. He's had tension within his own party with the harder left. So when he first ran for governor, he lost two to one the first vote at the convention for who should be the Democratic candidate. And part of that was a little bit of suspicion as to how progressive Polis really is. He's also signed a lot of bills that have been brought to him by a Democratic legislature in terms of implementing new fees. Every time I buy something on Amazon, they tack on a 27 cent fee, which irritates me. And there's a whole bunch of things on that level, right? New regulations on housing, new regulations and employment contracts. And all of these things I think are not libertarian and I don't approve of them generally. So, you know, it can certainly be overstated how much of a libertarian polis is, but it can also be understated. So, you know, I would say he's a libertarian leaning progressive. That's how I would describe him. So we just have a minute left here and I would love to end with a prediction. Um, I would love to hear from you, Ari, where you think the libertarian party is headed. Like, do you still see it having an influence on Colorado in the near future? No, absolutely not. It'll have the same influence it's had for 50 years. None. Very little <laughs> in terms of electoral politics due okay. largely to the voting rules. Now, one thing that we can do and that I think libertarians are good at is not taking for granted the status quo. Just the idea, like stepping back the way things are now, is that how things have to be? Or can we make some bigger changes, some more fundamental changes that would improve improve our society, improve our politics, improve the state of human flourishing? And I think the answer is yes. Clearly, the way we're doing things now, it can't be perfect in every respect. There have to be some ways that we can make some important changes. So if nothing else, I like the way that libertarians sort of think outside the box. Yeah. Ari Armstrong, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Local grocery store workers are once again finding themselves on the front lines of the fight for fair labor practices as the parent companies of King Supers and Safeway attempt a merger. Colorado Newsline reports that the unions are sounding the alarm over the proposed $24.6 billion grocery store deal with concerns over potential lost wages and impacts on pension plans and benefits. And that's to say nothing of the potential effects on food prices. Congress is holding hearings this week, and Attorney General Phil Weiser says his office is looking into it, too. And finally, we want to hear from you. What are your favorite Denver holiday traditions? Where do you take your family to feel in the Christmas spirit? Where do you go for a good Hanukkah latke? Call our holiday hotline at 720-500-5418 and leave us a message with your name, neighborhood, and fave seasonal tradition, and we might play it on the show. That number again is 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell former Libertarian presidential candidate Jacob Hornberger about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. And he's on the show today to explain it all. I am just ad-libbing, not like I'm supposed to here. Let me start over. (laughs)